morning, Soraya. Hey, hey, Jeff. How you doing? Doing well. How about yourself? Doing all right. You know, this month of May uh, has been pretty easily tinted. Yes. I'm very happy that's the case. <laughs> well, a couple of things have happened. Um, you're wearing rainy day. I'm wearing three o'clock. Yes. So let's see if people can put those cues <laughs> together. But um, let's see. Uh, here in Los Angeles, there was a screening of the Dream Syndicate um, documentary. Um, and another one's coming up in New York in June, and they're promising live music. So if you are so inclined and can get there, please go. Yeah. Um, and then in New Orleans, so we had Dream Syndicate. We had uh, members of Dream Syndicate and the Bengals playing with Continental Drifters at Jazz Fest in New Orleans this past uh, first weekend in May. Um, up in San Fran up in Oakland, well, San Francisco, uh, Rain Parade was playing at the chapel. Um, and on that same night, May the 4th, here in Los Angeles, there was a panel discussion with members of the three o'clock and the great Earl Mankey to talk about um, Baroque Down, which has been re-released on Yep Rock Records on a beautiful colored disc. Yes, indeed. So, Jeff, what do you say we talk about that three o'clock event? Yeah, indeed. Uh, we had a great time and uh, quite a few people there. So I say we jump into this. All right, let's go. Hi, this is Soraya. And this is Jeff. Our podcast is called Paisley Stage Raspberry and Rhyme. A podcast where the two of us play music that we like and share anecdotes and background about the tunes. We hope you'll join our conversation. And without further ado, agrubiar. Let's get groovy. All right, Soraya. Look at that piece of beauty right there. Yeah. I love that color. So reissued this month, May 2023 on Yep Rock. Yep. Uh, who also reissued the Salvation Army album um, last year. And we're anticipating maybe 16 tambourines. I hope so. I hope this is a, uh, this is the, you know, the first in quite a few, but. Let's hope so. Yeah. So the reissue, um, like the, um, 1982 Lolita French version also included uh, Lucifer Sam and In Love and Two, which was this fan club single, um, which came with the paint box. So um, both the Lolita French pressing and and uh, this version includes those, um, and it also includes their cover of Feel a Whole Lot Better. Yes. Um, they switched the the track listing a little bit on this Yip Rock. But to my surprise, Soraya, they also um, had All in Good Time, um, which I don't know if you remember, but that was my introduction to the, the Three O'Clock and to right. the Paisley Underground in general. And that was originally on my all-time um, most influential album, Radio Tokyo Tapes. So yep. anyway, so 
I was very surprised that they included Oh in Good Time on this one, very happily so. So we got this new reissue and there was a little panel discussion. That we had we had a blast there, hosted by Pat Thomas, which towards yeah. the Philosophical Research Society. Here right? in Los Angeles near uh Griffith Park. Yes, yes. And a good turnout. Very good turnout. And it was a Thursday night. And uh, and it had been threatening rain. So those of us here in the Los Angeles area know that anytime rain is coming, it always sets things a little off, but it didn't that night. It was yeah. a good turnout. Yeah, it wasn't bad at all. In fact, normally for us, we usually leave about three hours before an event that if we're going to Los Angeles and um, we got there an under two. So that, that was good for us. Yeah, we're quite a ways away, so. But um, good turnout. Um, lots of questions were asked about the release. And as you mentioned, uh, Danny Benair, Michael Percio, and producer Earl Mankey were there. Louis Gutierrez was supposed to be there, but ended up um, not being able to attend due to something that came up or family issue or something. But mm -hmm. um, Pat asked a lot of good questions. Um, Very much so. Anything that that stood out to you of the questions or during the Q&A? You know, it wasn't, it wasn't so much the questions, but I really enjoyed a lot of the anecdotes that came up yeah. because they were things I had not heard before. And one of the ones in particular that stood out to me was um, Earl Mankey talking about some of the sounds and how they got there on the album. And he made a, I have to read the quote because it was, I had to write it down. It was that good. Wow. Um, it, so um, Michael Corsio had answered a question about some of the lyrics and, you know, kind of referring to just different songs. And um, Earl Mankey said, you never knew what the words were about, why it went on as long as it did, why it was arranged that way, and that's why the songs are so good. Hmm. And, right. and then he also added on most of the sounds on certain songs, like people were asking, like, how did you get to this on maybe As Real Is Real or um, In Love and Two? They said, most of the sounds are Mickey. My job was just to say, yeah, that's great. <laughs> and I, I, I found that kind of funny because for as influential and um, as much as he helped direct the band on not just on Barocco Down, I mean, Earl Mankey's imprint is on um, these early recordings of the band um, before they moved on to another label. But um, I just found that kind of interesting that he was so ready for them to just kind of experiment and find the sound that fit. And he just kind of let them go. And um, Michael Kersey also mentioned, uh, no, I think it was Danny, who, Danny Benair who mentioned just the timeline of getting Barocco down recorded. It was pretty short period. Yeah, it was quick. And then when you think, you know, hold up the the album again. Um, when you think about all the tracks, not only on the original 
the original Frontier release, which had, I think it was just five. Yeah, just the five tracks. Um, just five tracks. But here we've got much more when you think about that mm -hmm. and the quality of what we have and how inventive it was it was just different um i, I think it's it's really a testament to earl mankey oh yeah for keeping them on track and <laughs> one of the anecdotes that i found really funny was um michael corsio's sister gloria was in the was in the audience and he told a story about how uh, he would go out to Earl Mankey's studio in Thousand Oaks with Louis Gutierrez on the back of Louis's motorcycle. And he said, my dad would have killed me yeah. if he knew that I was driving out there in a motorcycle and, you know, the weather and whatever. So he said uh, he would just say, OK, um, they're here to pick me up. He said, and then I'd run out to the <laughs> corner, hop on the bike and we'd go. And I, I just, I found that so funny because I, you know, I forget how young Michael Curcio was at that yeah. time. Yeah. And, um, you know, going from the South Bay, going from Carson all the way out to Thousand Oaks to where old Mankey had his studio. And I, I just, I loved the, hearing those stories about, you know, getting there or, you know, um, they, uh, I think Danny Benier also mentioned uh, part of Earl Mankey's recording studio extended into parts of the house, like the kitchen. And mm. Danny Benair said, "One, one at one moment, Earl Mankey's wife walked in with groceries, and you know, really didn't blink an eye, and you know, went about doing whatever she was going to do there." So I like hearing stories like that because it just kind of lets us into that time and that place and. Um, I don't know that it 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 made me appreciate the album and made me appreciate the songs more. What about for you? What was a question or an answer that stood out to you? Well, there was a lot of stuff, of course, um, and I loved Earl chiming in about all the production stuff, and I think he he really downplayed himself his role in the band, but um, what he did for the band, I should say. But I liked a lot of that, the technical stuff that they were talking about. And um, it was, they did play short clips uh, in between questions. And it was really interesting to see them talking amongst each other while the songs were being played. And I, they were noting like different instrumentations and you could tell that they were pointing out. But the one thing that was semi-related that they brought up during the discussion has to do with the song Feel A Whole Lot Better which of course is a bird song. And they were talking about, they had an antidote about playing, performing that song live. And Gene Clark of the birds was in attendance and they invited him to come up on stage and play that song with him. And then afterwards, they, they Danny said, we play it a little bit faster than the birds played, especially live. And then afterwards, Gene Clark was like, whoa, what was that? Like full speed ahead. And they were said, well, that's how we do it. That's our version. But I thought that was crazy that they're playing a bird song with a member of the birds and um he was just blown away at the speed i thought that was hilarious what's it what's it the quote that, that danny gave that g clark said well that was interesting yeah <laughs> <laughs> right, right and to me i now every time i hear that song when i'm listening to the birds i automatically want it to be the three o'clock cover you know yeah. i want it to be that fast 
Yeah. So. Yeah. And that's where I had originally heard that song. And then we also um, came up in the discussion about um, David Robeck performing acoustic um, on that song too. And then it came up that um, that he recorded with them. And then um, after the recording, they had asked how much he was going to get paid. And Danny was like, we're not paying you. <laughs> Sorry, but anyways. Anyway. And I think it also, you know, if we're going to talk about David Robeck, and and his connection to Baroka, and we have to talk about Will Glenn. Oh, indeed. And I think in this re-release, and especially because you know uh, Bill Inglot's had had a hand in in this uh, Yep Rock re-release, and um, some very good people have taken their their time and attention and really helped, you know, bring these songs elevate that I think they're elevated and I, obviously it's time new equipment there are things that we can do but will Glenn's contribution to me on this re-release it really it it's just hits another level or maybe I'm just paying it more attention yeah no I I, I totally agree with you I mean when that when the the violin was playing when they sampled Marjorie tells me it was just like wow just like because they were playing in order the tracks and that one just mm -hmm. like, elevated with um you know that extra instrumentation with the violin but i was like getting all emotional just like right? yeah. and i mean we've talked about will glenn you know with matt pucci before but it's one of those things where you it's time you know when time moves on and the person's not here you know, it can fall into memory and you forget, but I mean, such a talented musician, so many ways to contribute. But to me, it's when I heard Marjorie tells me and that beginning, mm -hmm. I mean, it literally grabs you by the neck Yeah, and, I, and you cannot, you can't let the song go. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. And that's probably one of the first instances where this Paisley Underground um, connection starts to come through because this is one of the very earliest recordings in 1982 and you already have somebody from one of the other bands Rain Parade playing um, with the three o'clock which is amazing yeah yeah and I mean and and also the, since you're wearing the rainy day shirt um, Michael Corsio also talked about the genesis of rainy day and 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 uh how it actually came came to be and how he actually found out about it i thought those were fun stories too yeah i think he shared those with us before but i think right after baroque hoedown and david roback was preparing to be a producer for rain parade and he wanted practice so he did, asked a few of the paisley underground friends to each come in with a couple songs and so Michael showed up with a couple songs, just thinking, okay, he's practicing. And then Lisa Fancher said, oh, your record's great. The new record that you're on is great. And he's like, what record? It's a rainy day. And like, it's a record? Like, it's not supposed to be a record. We're just goofing off. Like, anyway, so, yeah. So I remember just... buying my copy of Rainy Day at Aaron's Records way, way, way back in the day. And really liking it, but not understanding why I liked it, you yeah, know? Yeah. And it was just different. And then to hear the stories of uh, this was never supposed to be 
a release. It was just supposed to be practice. So it was just people kind of, you know, getting together, playing a couple of songs and then, you know, but, and if it's that casual and it's still this good, you know, we're dealing with a lot of individuals with great talent and a lot to contribute musically. So I just, I love those stories about the rainy day recordings. Great. Yeah. 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 Me too. So I have a little clip that I took during the interview. It's a very short clip um, that I wanted to go ahead and share. And on this clip, um, Pat was talking to the band about after Salvation Army and the kind of the genesis of the three o'clock forming. And he was asking Michael if he was aware of the quick that the band that Danny Benair was in and how um, Mickey Mariano came into the fold. And um, this little clip is Michael's answer to that. So here we go. Falcons. I forget who you were playing with. I, I didn't go there to see you. I, you were opening for someone. And I saw you guys. And I remembered you. I remember Dan and Nikki because you guys all left the stage and Mickey did a dance or something. And then, and then I was like, oh my God, it's that guy that did the dance. <laughs> well, that's all I had from that. I love that. I know. That guy that did that dance. <laughs> yeah. So that was funny. So uh, he was aware of the quick and then... Um, for some reason, Mickey gets on stage and does a little dance after the quick performance, and then uh, Danny ends up bringing them to to the band. So that's the the genesis of the three o'clock from Salvation Army to three o'clock, and they performed as the Salvation Army for a little bit, um, even with those guys. So, so we Until uh, the infamous cease and desist letter. Yes, yes, yeah, indeed. So we. Um, Talked to a lot of people that were there because there was a, a good turnout. And um, we had a couple questions for some of the people in the audience. So um, we have a, a few clips of some of the people that we talked to. But I think you've shared before, Soraya, um, how you were came to be introduced to the Baroque Hoedown album. Do you want to share that real quickly? Just since we're talking about that. So, um, you know, when I think about Baroque Hoedown, I remember my brother gave it to me. And he said, I think you might like this. And I did. Yeah. And, and the song that caught me first, and I'm, uh, uh, you know, with a cantaloupe girlfriend, I had heard that. But um, when I had the EP in my hand, Sorry was the okay. song that caught me. Nice. Yeah. And then, you know, you just dive in. Yeah. But yeah. They're what all... about you? Yeah. So mine was when I heard All in Good Time on a college radio station. Called in. He said, it's from Radio Tokyo. Um, the DJ said, and I went right down to the record store and picked it up and then started buying everything that was on there. The only thing that was available at the time was Bro Down, And mm-hmm. I just immediately loved it. So that's how, that's how I came to discover it. And I remember I got Baroque Down. Then my brother told me, you know, there's a French pressing with extra songs. Yes. I went and got that. So little did I know many, many years later, I would meet someone who is a completist and I'm nowhere near your level, but I had at least 
the seeds planted way back when. We're pretty close. We're pretty close. <laughs> the fanaticism is equal. That's for sure. Yeah. So I wanted to start with a clip, if it's okay, from Lena Latonwa. Please. Um, or as listed in the album, now. Yes, because on the original, she is listed as Lena S. Yes. And it has been corrected to Lena Cedillo. <laughs> Indeed. So, Soraya, if you'll recall, Lena was our very first guest on episode number three back in October of 2018. Yep. And that was very intentional. We definitely wanted Lena to be our first guest. Um, and she was also, I took note, on episode 73 with Tom Stevens, the late, great Tom Stevens, talk about The Last Look Again before it was reissued. Yep. Um, it was still a secret album by then. Um, and then again, we had her on episode 95 when we did the Go-Go's documentary panel that also had your brother. Yes. Um, and um, Lisa Torres um, of The Last so we wanted to, um, I wanted to start off with a clip from Lena, and this is at the event. So there's a little bit of noise going on in the background here because it was an event. It, so we waited till after the event to start asking some questions, and um, we asked Lena a couple questions, and here's a little clip from that. All right. So first of all, can you let us know your name? I am Lena Cedillo. The Lena S. The Lena S. The Lena S. From the original release of Barocco Down, but the properly named Lena Cedillo from the Yep Rock Band. We want to know how you discovered Barocco Down. I discovered. Uh, well, I already knew Michael. <laughs> yeah, we we'd already you know known each other for a while, so it was kind of like I was around when he uh, at the time that he was recording that, um, not in the studio, but you know I was kind of like in the know like when he was recording the the tracks, and you know I would ask, well, what's this about? What's that about? And he'd tell me stories about it, and which he probably denied if you asked him about it today, but. Uh, yeah, it's like, so I know a little bit of background about who and, and what these songs are. <laughs> all right, so of all the tracks, what's your favorite? Oh, wow. Um, maybe Marjorie Tells Me. But it depends on what you ask me. <laughs> but today, yeah. Marjorie Tells Me. All right, so that was Lena. So um, it's funny, Soraya, we asked everybody the same two questions, and I think we talked to 11, 10 or 11 people, um, and it's funny, um, no matter what answer everybody said to their favorite song, I agreed with them, <laughs> and, and, and it covered the whole, <laughs> the whole variety. I think it's hard not to agree. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So up next, um, Joy Milam. Um, who was on our episode number 30 when we had the three by four event. Um, the, we had a little panel and we got to see some desist on that one. Moving on, she was also in our compilation series um, 75, 76, and 77, where we covered a few different compilations, including the Radio Tokyo album, Warp Rats. Um, 
And then she was also on our episode 121 where we did the muffs, blonder and blonder. We had a little panel there. So we need to have Joy back on for sure. I think so. Yeah. So um, next up is Joy Milam and we're asking her the same questions and here we go. All right. So tell us your name. I'm Joy Milam. All right, Joy. So we want to know, how did you discover Barocco? I discovered Barocco down through this kid that went to Mount Sac with me. And he was super, super cute. Mod. He used to sit out in the sun with his Ray-Bans and lay on the back of his scooter just soaking up the rays and I thought this guy was just so good looking. So I started flirting with him a little bit. I already liked the jam and all of that but he had Barocco down and handed me the cover to look at and I was like, whoa. I hadn't heard it yet. Put it on the turntable and it changed my life. Favorite track? Oh my gosh. Uh, probably I Go Wild. Yeah. Thank you. So it was a cute guy that did it for her. <laughs> Amen. Uh, discover it how you, however you want to discover it. Exactly. And uh, when I go wild, I, I can't disagree with her. Okay. <laughs> and then I don't know if you know this, but Pat Thomas sneaks up in the background. <laughs> yes. So for those of you watching... Or, or listening, go to the YouTube version if you want to see Pat Thomas making a brief cameo. Indeed, indeed. All right, so up next is Michelle Woodard, who has not been a guest on our podcast, who really should be. Uh, Michelle was managed uh, Michael Quercio's band Jupiter Effect, um, who came out after Permanent Green Light. So here um, we're asking Michelle the same questions. First of all, can you let us know your name? Michelle. Okay. Michelle, how did you discover Barocco now? Uh, well, I was a teenager in the outskirts of suburbs of St. Louis, Missouri, of all places. Um, and I I guess at that time, like, I, I saw the 3 o'clock on MTV a few times. Um, and so just from the moment of seeing that video, her heads were dropping, I was a huge fan. And so I just hunted down, like, as many of the albums as I could find at the time. And they also had, like, a, um, a radio station that was run by teenagers at the YMCA, and they played the 3 o'clock. So um, that's how I became a fan and just hunted down with as many records as I can That's awesome. Okay, so from Barocco, what's your favorite track? Oh, um, with this re-release, it would be In Love and Two, which I had on the Fan Club 45 back in the day. Oh, uh, you're one of those. Uh, <laughs> yes, um, but uh, for this re-release, I'd say maybe, oh, it's so hard to choose, but maybe I Go Wild. Oh, she's great. Michelle's a great person, and she's got a very, very long musical just love of music and she i i love listening to her talk about music and the things she likes yeah she's so sweet and very knowledgeable oh my um, gosh yeah and a unique way to learn about the band i think i mm -hmm. mean not a not a californian <coughs> that was really unique yeah all right up next we've got mr jim strong of the jfj conspiracy who we had on our show um episode number 61 when we covered uh loves forever changes with uh their podcast with a crossover right. podcast 
And um, I'd like to have those guys back if we can. Maybe cover of course. Big Star or something. All right. So um, this is Jim Strong. And plus, another secret guest pops in. All right. So can you tell us your name? Jim. All right, Jim. How did you discover the road down? How did I discover the road down? I discovered it kind of much later, probably in the mid-90s. I was shopping at Geneva and came across the road down. I used copies. I think they had like two or three three o'clock records in there, and I just grabbed all of them. Perfect. Vermilion? <laughs> Not yet. I wanted to bring up. it up. See? Are you filming? Yes. So we're going to ask you, what's your name? What's my name? Yeah. Is this for the podcast? Yeah. Oh, I'm Ronnie. All right, Ronnie. How did you discover Baroque Podem? Um, well, I had... I had gotten the Salvation Army record, so I, when I saw there was a three o'clock record, these things got a lot of press at the time, or the things I was reading were writing about them. Um, so I knew it was out. It was Frontier Records were, were, were promoted very well at the time. Like there were ads and stuff, like, you know. Um, so yeah, I was ready for this when it came out. Yeah. Favorite track? Oh, easily, I go wild. Favorite track? Ah, in love too. There you go. Right. So yeah, we got a secret guest there with Ronnie. Pop. No, and we have two others. If for those of you listening only, if you go to the YouTube version in the background behind Jim Strong is Lena Litonwa, Rory Litonwa, belovedly known as Colonel Rory. And Ronnie Barnett, <laughs> and then Ronnie Barnett comes in, so we took advantage. Yes. Indeed. We got two, two for the price of one. We did, indeed. And Soraya, I wanted to mention that without Lena Latonwa, chances are you and I becoming friends is probably very remote, because we became friends as a result of her and Michael's um, consortium show. Absolutely. Uh, and speaking of that, another person that we came to know was John Diorio. Yes. Yeah, a very good friend of ours um, who played keyboards on one of my songs, Sparks, on my EP. And a musician of his own right, too. Yeah, so. yeah indeed, indeed. So um, here's John. All right, can you tell us your name? <laughs> John. All right, John, how did you discover Baroque Hoedown? A uh, local college radio station was doing this uh, West Coast versus East Coast psychedelic show, and I heard As Real As Real. And while we were in your room, talking yeah. to your wall, something, and uh, and I was just like fascinated. It was so psychedelic, and it was late at night, local radio station. Perfect. Favorite track? Favorite track on Baroque Baroque Go Down. Oh my God, that's. <laughs> or um, pick one that today you like. Okay, I guess I'd have to go with Israel, um, Israel. Beautiful. <laughs> because it's the best one. Wait, did I add a little edit? Yeah, the peanut gallery chipped in there, but yeah, I love that clip because my wife Christina walks by really quick in the background, and she'd never come on the podcast. <laughs> I love that she's in there, sneaking in there. And um, John didn't mention it, but uh, John's from New York, so it was another, you know, and that's why East Coast West Coast at the beginning. He's from New York, but again. No, a non-Californian discovering, the, you know, a 
a band from West Coast and a West Coast scene. Indeed, indeed. All right, up next, we have Miss Ella Black, Carrie Pearson, um, who we had on our episode 45 when we were talking about Red Cross's Beyond the Door when that was yeah. new. Um, who, she's very close with the McDonald brothers, um, <coughs> played in bands together. But anyways, um, here's Carrie, Ella, Ella Black. All right, first of all, can you tell us your name? All right, Ella. So, Ella, can you tell us how did you discover Baroque Codex? I just think about the problem. Um, well, the three o'clock, because I saw someone in town. I can't remember what it was. It was in the park and tours. And then I met Mike here. And I knew Greg. Lewis when he was in OZ like, years. And I completely forgot that my band was going to play the show in My band was going to do a show in San Pedro and they didn't show up. And so Mary and I went on stage in the OZ years, which is Greg on guitar, backed us. And then another time, um, we did a couple songs with them and I completely forgot about that. And, and that was a whole years. When he joined three o'clock, it was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder he changed his name. And favorite track from the Rocco Dance. I never know the names of songs. Is that? Is that yeah. Let me see. I'll tell you. Well, probably uh, Lucifer okay. Sandals because it's one of my favorite songs in the world, but I should but pick a song that is like, it's perfectly, yeah, and I remember Salvation Army doing it and I remember like being kind of like, well, my my band that only played in our living room, I was like, whoa, they did <laughs> Thank you very much. So, um, yeah, so she has a history with the three o'clock, and Soraya, one thing that I learned at a couple days later when we were at the dream syndicate documentary is that she plays keyboards um on a three o'clock song it's it's listed as three o'clock but there's a a shonen knife tribute and um it's really just michael um it shouldn't be listed as three o'clock but she played keyboards on that so she's technically listed as playing keyboards once for um the three o'clock so we're going to talk to the colonel here. So Rory um, Latonwa. So here's Rory. All right. Can you let us know your name? My name is Rory Latonwa. All right, Rory. How did you discover Baroque Codex? How did I discover Baroque Codex? Well, I think I just kind of like went home one day and it showed up. <laughs> Oh wow, Michael's got a new album. <laughs> but you knew you knew Michael Corson. I've known yeah. him for many years. Many years. Favorite track for Rocco Let's see. Um, they're all so good. It's a very it's a very it's a very, it's a very strong record. I've always kind of liked Feel a Whole Lot Better. It is now. <laughs> I've, I've always liked him doing that track. Um, uh, Lucifer Sam's also, you know, you got you got to like dig the floor. Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. All right. So that was Rory, the Colonel. And um, I did want to add that um, we recorded this 
after the event, right? So we hung out for quite a bit. And um, so it's pretty noisy in there with all the everybody chit-chatting around. But I kind of like the vibe because it feels like, it's, I mean, you kind of get that event kind of feeling. And that, that's how it was. It, you know, everybody was yeah. chit-chatting afterwards and talking. And um, in Rory's clip, it was at the very, very tail end, I passed we were actually late and everybody was like kind of wrapping up but the line was really long to get signatures for the album and um, we were waiting around doing all the filming and chatting for about an hour before we got there but um at the end you could see michael and danny and rory's clip there packing up and getting ready to go but yeah it was ridiculously long prior to that yeah Uh, so next up we have dean so dean was on our episode one time Sadly, should be on there much, much, much more. But he was on our episode number 19 um, when we did a concert review for the Permanent Green Light at the Federal, um, which took place a day after you had just got back from Europe, I believe. (laughs) Anyway, so uh, episode 19, Dean was on there. And and here's Dean. All right. Can you tell us your name? Dean. All right, Dean. How did you discover Baroque Kodak? Working at a record store, you know, where Which one? Music Plus in the 80s, 80, 84, so a little late. Mm-hmm. Okay, and favorite track? I Go Wild. Beautiful, thank you. Another vote for I Go Wild. I love Dean, he's great. He's fantastic, and oh, another guy just like Michelle, where their love of music just, it, I mean, it's all over then yeah yeah indeed indeed all right so up next we have mr philip cusimano cusimano of the question currently but he's played in a few different bands so the patterns yeah and as well so yeah all right so uh here we go with mr philip all right Tell us your name. Philip Cusimano. Okay. How did you discover Baroque Uh, I discovered it in 1983. I don't remember. (laughs) All right. Because I was playing in a band back then. Uh, No, it wasn't the question. It was the patterns, actually. Patterns. And three o'clock. We opened for three o'clock. Somewhere. Or Radio City. Radio City. All right. Favorite track. Uh, go wild. There you go. Because that was the band. <laughs> so I think when I go wild, probably leading the pack here, Soraya. Yeah, and please notice the one, the one track that got quite a bit of airplay is the one track no one's mentioning. Oh, Cantaloupe Girlfriend. Cantaloupe with a Cantaloupe Girlfriend. Yeah, and that's probably because it was played right or overplayed no i mean again i mean from the five original on the frontier ep Mm -hmm. you know there's not a bump track there and i think it really just goes with where your heart goes and some just jump out way more yeah indeed i just think it's interesting i should have been tallying who said which? Yeah. <laughs> uh, too late now, but majority of the people, I'd go wild. Indeed. All right. So we have a couple more. Um, this is Pat Thomas, who hosted the event, and we barely caught him on the way out to the parking lot. So uh, here's, <laughs> Pat, here's Pat Thomas. 
All right, can you tell us your name? Pat Thomas. How did you discover Baroque Hoedown? Uh, I heard 16 Tambourines first, and then I spotted Baroque Hoedown in a record store, and I thought, well, I better get this. I was in Buffalo, New York, and I was living in Rochester at the time. Favorite track? I think it's I Go Wild. Uh, that was fun. Another East Coaster. Yep. Learning, learning about the band. So we have one last person that we interviewed at the end of the night. And um, I don't know if I should. Should it be a surprise or should we introduce who she is? But um, I think I'll leave it for a surprise and we'll talk about her afterwards. All right, can you tell us your name? All right. And how did you discover Baroque Hoda? You know, probably just when my brother brought it home. <laughs> and what is your favorite song from Baroque Hoda? Oh, you know what? I like so many of them because actually I had to see them and I would, when I would have to, when I was working in Irvine and the traffic was horrific, that was the CD that I would play all the way to work and, and just to get me in the mood to be able to get, go into the office and put up with, you know, the work in the So I, I just love every single one of those songs because at a certain point on the 405, I knew where I was based on what song, you know, was next on the playlist and they, and they all just got me, you know, to work and, and over the, the bridge from the 405 to the 50 was it 55? We were in the 56. But anyway, so I, I just love all of them because they're also different. And so the, the musicality and it's not that I really listen to my brother's music. We were on a, a different. Um, I like music. Than what my own brother was creating, I'd be like, "Yeah, that's nice," but you know. <laughs> but but I appreciate the songs now, and, and even just a few years ago, more than you know, forty years ago, thirty years ago. So I can, I just love them. So I don't know if you could hear; it was kind of noisy and. Pat Thomas is in the background, but that was, of course, Gloria Quercio, Michael Quercio's sister. So um, that was interesting to get a sibling perspective, right? The little brother Michael's band. And um, I did want to mention, since I did the research for it, Pat Thomas was on our episode number 22, um, where we introduced him as uh, a, the reissue producer, musician, author that he is. And, Episode 104, we had him on to talk about Steve Wynn's Decade set. And uh, episode 130 for Barbara Manning's Super Scissor Box set, where we had Barbara drop in um, as a secret guest on that episode. Um, and she sat right in front of us at the Dream Syndicate documentary um, <laughs> a couple of days after this event. And then lastly, we had uh, Pat on episode 153, where we were talking about his band Mushrooms, Songs of Descent CD. So... Many of these people have been on, a couple haven't that we need, need to get on. But anyways, it was a fun event. Obviously, um, you could tell everybody discovered this album different ways. Everybody has different favorites. And uh, it was just a, a fun event 
to attend and um, hear the Q&A and get to um, hang out and chat with fellow fans afterwards. I had a blast. Yeah, it was great. And um, I'm really happy that Yep Rock has um, re-released this and added some things that you know were unexpected and it's just nice to see and a beautiful and the vinyl release the beautiful colored vinyl i mean indeed doesn't it doesn't get much better than that um and this uh yep rock re-release has been released on vinyl cd and digital uh it's available as a digital download as well um and really it's a great album still yeah and uh it definitely now now we all hear different things now i think after hearing that panel we can kind of uh extract different things but um still still one of the best albums that i own and um influential in getting me here Indeed. Likewise. Ah, three o'clock fans. Yes, you need this album. Indeed. (laughs) Be the completest that you are. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So it's I was pulling out my copies and it's my fifth copy of Broco Down. So the original, then I had um the Lolita version, this version, and two Japanese pressings that are slightly different. So but um this one sounds great, looks great, um, has all the tracks um including all in good time and then the extra them up and two this for sam feel a whole lot better plus the original five so it's basically an album at this point um instead of of an ep with the additional tracks so yeah yep so um, yeah so hopefully up next 16 tambourines yep rock we'll see i'm pretty sure that that's happening um and if so i wonder if they'll do a panel discussion for that i don't know um but anyways, we had a blast, Soraya. Yes. So thank you. To I don't know, Jeff. Anything else to say? Huh? I was just saying thank you to everybody that uh, let us film them. And um, there was a number of other people that we wanted to film too. But they were out of there. A lot of people were out of there by the time we were filming the ones that we did. But uh, we tried to we tried to get in as many as we could. We'll, we'll catch them next time. we'll corner them next time indeed indeed. but uh fun event thank you and thank you especially to pat thomas for being a great panel moderator and uh asking some really intriguing and and fun questions too so um and thank you to michael and to danny and to earl for um being a part of it jeff uh you know what's left right is we get to go listen to this for the you know umpteenth time Agreed. So, yes. Mi gente, agrubiar. Groove on, Paisley people. I go wild. Fa- favorite track to masturbate to? <laughs> um, I guess it'd have to be a cantaloupe girlfriend.
So we grabbed Pat on the way out. <laughs> Even your wife was walking away at that with that last one. Yeah, oh, <laughs> with yeah. the last question. Yeah, yeah I, I think I still got a bruise from when we got to the car. <laughs> My additional question, <laughs> but um, anyway.